The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast, found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. Sean, your boy is negative. Hooray! The best kind of negative is the COVID negative. Yes, the last we spoke on the show, uh, I was planning on getting tested because I got some news Wait, did, did we discuss that on the show? I can't even remember now. Yeah, we did. It we feels did. like what, it feels what, like a million years ago. <laughs> you don't listen to the podcast? It feels like a million years ago, dude. This year is like the this month has been the longest of seven years of my life. Um, yeah, so I'm negative. Uh, you're positive. I'm analyzing that sentence. This yeah. month has been the longest seven months of my life. Seven years, yes, sir. That too, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you must have broken a mirror. Exactly. Um, it feels like America, not even America, humanity broke a mirror a little bit ago. Oof, um, maybe. When would that have happened? Would it, is it, so is seven years start from the day that you break it? Or is it like, um, like your own credit, like good karma? And then all of a sudden the karma is when like... When you run hey, out, then you got seven years after that? Yeah. So it's, like it, you're using up all your good karma? It shows up whenever you least expect it. Like, let's say, Hogan at Batch of the Beach or Sting <laughs> in War Games the following year. Or staying this past week on AEW. That's for all the wrestling fans out there. I don't watch um, wrestling. Well, we have a guest today, and our guest is a big wrestling fan, so he got that gimmick. Johnny Townsend, welcome to the show. I sure am glad it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, guys. I am pumped to be here to discuss what we're talking about. Uh, my hero, the guy that I wanted to grow up to be just like... Uh, I feel like I'm an expert in this man. This is why we have you. That sentence needs to be rephrased. I feel like I'm inside this man and I'm an expert (laughs) of this man. And uh, even we even covered him on retro pop, my other podcast. So I am excited to discuss what, uh, what we're discussing today. Yeah. That's why we have you. We told uh, listeners know that we discussed it um, last week that this month we're doing earnest month. And you're coming on the show because I knew you are a huge fan. Uh, we've known you for a while. You're part of the network. You have a couple of shows on there. You referenced one, Retro Pop. Um, but yeah, so I figured like what better way to do this? Because Sean has never seen these movies. And you basically bleed these movies. So I thought this is going to be a lot of fun. Because I, having done the show now with Sean for a minute, uh, you know, watching movies, starting to get his thoughts and tastes, um, I kind of had a feeling where he may see this, <laughs> see this movie, and this is going to be a very fun conversation. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna fight. I already know it. We're gonna have a, <laughs> we're gonna be uh, fighting on this. I will die on the hill of Ernest, and yeah. I'm not ashamed of this. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> so the first movie we get into this week is 
Ernest Goes to Camp. Presenting the one, the only, the original, Ernest P. Worrell in his first motion picture. So, we're going to go to Sean first because this is your first time seeing any Ernest at all, at all. Like, you've, you, you know, pop culture, you've seen him, you probably heard his phrases, but seeing him in a film, uh, blown away, weren't you? Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't put into words what I thought of this, uh, of, of the first movie and and i don't you know i don't want to tip my hand now because we do have uh you know maybe chris you need a reminder we do have a specific way of going through this movie oh yeah oh yeah um you know in case you forgot oh i know Um, but i know uh, this was my first introduction into long form earnest and um uh i'm sure there will be plenty of poorly placed earnest jokes um here's the first one i will be very earnest about my first watching of earnest later in the show (laughs) Um, but it, yeah, it, I mean, I think I've seen like a commercial here and there and he's kind of like the Joe, he, what's funny is he kind of formed out of the same thing like Joe Isuzu formed out of, if you remember him, uh, you know, just doing commercials and, and whatnot, but it's, the character has evolved a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and just in going through the movie, I was, uh, it, it was interesting to see how it was, I thought it would start one way, like wet, hot American summer but with a simpler man, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of morphed into just Pratt Falls and everything silly and goofy and, and like maybe cringe to a little bit. Um, not in a bad or, or like, uh, oh, that, that's, you can't do that anymore. But like, you know, Pratt Falls, ouch, that fell on him. Everyone takes advantage of him kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is the endearing part of the character. Maybe not as much in this movie, maybe in, future movies that we watch perhaps but yeah he was an interesting fella to to say the least (laughs) and johnny this i mean i knew this already you you absolutely love these films and this character so you basically you you can just basically give us your rating and that's it and then sean and i'll just talk (laughs) would it be a hot take if johnny says i hate this one (laughs) it would be a super hot take and it would be a bold-faced lie Um, (laughs) yeah how old were you when you first came across Ernest? i was fairly young that's probably a part of my love for Ernest too is I was very close with my with my grandma, who's now passed, and we would watch these movies together. I mean, I even saw Goes to Jail in the theater with her. So, like, they just so that's probably part of it. If I'm being honest and fair, mm-hmm. that's why I was I watched these films with like you know with like a rose tint to them. Like, they're just so amazing and beautiful, and they smell nice. <laughs> uh, but it's you know this movie in particular, Goes to Camp, was the one that actually you know. Uh, he was the breakout star already, like you know, like y'all were saying. He was in commercials. Well, that's how the character got famous. Mm-hmm. He started out in small commercials, and then like he literally started to get uh, uh, put commercials for everything. He sold everything from ice cream to Pepsi, mm-hmm. uh, and then they were like, "Well, let's." Wasn't it let's, Coke? It might. I'm and sure it was going to be a fan. <laughs> it might have been both. It might have been both. He didn't uh, care. But, he just he sold himself to whoever paid him. Yeah, I mean that's how he was making money because he was uh, he was an actor. Jim Varney uh, was actually a really good actor. He mm-hmm. was uh, he went you know he was uh, known for really small parts uh, here and there. Like I think he was on the Johnny Cash show of all things at one mm-hmm. time. So uh, he he needed something, and then they were like, "Well, let's just start doing these commercials." And I didn't think it would go anywhere, but then literally he would show up at malls 
uh, to do signings and, and the same day Mickey Mouse was showing up at them all and uh, Ernest had a bigger line than Mickey Mouse did. Wow. So that's how huge this character got. So they're like, let's make a movie. And here's a spoiler alert. They made this movie very cheap and they definitely made money on it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get right into it. So the way we do it, we break it down and we talk about all different aspects of the movie. The first piece we, we get into is the plot. Ernest goes to camp. That's the plot. It's a yes. <laughs> no. All right. So it's it's a summer camp movie. You know, with with you know a young boys summer camp. Let's let's put that out there. There's no girls. It's all young boys, um, and the summer camp is on either the the same land that used to be owned, or is owned by the the Native Americans in that area. The the right. Kakiki Kikaki. What was it called? Kikaki, Kikaki, Camp Anawana, Kikaki, Camp Anawana. Um, yeah, so so there, uh, there's also this land development company with with this evil like you know owner that wants to take this land from the Native Americans, which would like kick Bill the camp out. Second cousin, it's kind of what he looks like. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but that's I thought he was like I thought he was like Sid Vicious's third cousin. <laughs> no, that was the warden in the jail movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah you're right. I'm getting my movies. Or, or uh, who's the guy that slapped the other guy really hard and per- the, the and perforated his eardrum? Who? Oh, it's a, it's an old thing. Doctor uh, Seuss. Death. No, no, different guy. Doctor Death. Pepper. Oh, Doctor. wouldn't you like to be a Pepper too? Doctor Doctor Jekyll. Mister uh, Doctor. Mr. Doctor, Doctor, sir. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So back to the plot. So the idea is, is this is going down and Ernest is a caretaker uh, at the camp and he, his dream is just to be a camp counselor, right? Like one of these days he's going to rise up to the levels of camp counselor. Um, and, and in the meantime, the camp has this program where they, they bring in some of the troubled youth as well. Um, and they, that troubled youth, these group of boys ends up hurting the camp counselor that's, that's assigned to them. So Ernest gets his big, you know, shot, right? And in doing so, he inadvertently, uh, you know, gets them to, to kind of like him, but he's also the guy that gives away the land to the developers. So this is the well, plot of the movie. he was tricked, to be yeah. fair. So this is the plot of the movie. Yeah, he was tricked with a document that he could have read himself real quick. <laughs> Super quick, just, just sign yeah, that up real we, quick. Because we all read the fine print, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure part of it said, like, quick claim deed at the very top. Yeah. I accept uh, all. This plot, though, is a very straight. This is this is the kind of plot you saw in all these kinds of '80s movies. The you know mm-hmm. the the good the good guys the the good kids the whatever it is, and then the evil corporation coming over to take over. And right, the late '80s, the, the late '80s, early '90s, the bad guy was almost always like a, an environmental company that was trying to destroy the environment. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's go to Johnny real quick. This plot, nothing. You're not. We're not getting confused anywhere. It's straightforward. But it seems like this plot to to carry the movie along was a lot of just kind of little quick vignettes, these little scenes, real quick to get a feel for what Ernest is like. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I mean, really, this is his first movie. Uh, so to some people, this might be the first time they actually did see Ernest. Uh, so you want to establish the character. Uh, you know, included. Uh, I mean, they even start out the first time we see Ernest. 
Uh, by the way, when you talk about how this movie actually starts, I'd forgotten that it literally starts with Native Americans throwing axes at each other. Oh but. yeah, the the, the Braves, <laughs> the boy. That is that's a big piece of that plot too, because yeah. the idea is is the opening is in the past. The the Native Americans, uh, the warriors, the young men, the way they prove themselves was this, this ceremony where this young man is tied to uh, whatever this thing is, a, a contraption, right? And a Price is Right game, basically, yeah, basically, <laughs> and. Some dude throws an axe at him, throws a, a, was it a spear? No, it was an axe, a knife, and, and the bow and arrow. Right, yeah. And, and by the way, the costume design on that guy's mask was, on, was pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, 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 very nice. Um, and the idea is, is if the boy doesn't flinch, that shows his bravery. Like, he's now become a man. It's, it's, it's almost like, so the idea behind bringing the boys to summer camp and teaching them these things here is along those lines of the Native American teachings. They're trying to show these boys how to kind of live off the land and, and get the skills that they need. It's, it's like a, a glorified Boy Scouts, I guess. Yeah, it's a summer camp where they emulate whatever is, is there. Um. There's really not much else to say about the plot. The plot is the plot. It's straightforward. I didn't feel like it was anything that you saw and you're like, well, that didn't make any. I mean, there's stuff in it that doesn't make sense, but I mean, it, not in terms of plot. Like the, the plot itself is a straightforward plot. There are certain things in there where you're just, I was watching it. Like, I love these movies. I really do. But I was watching it going, we really had to suspend a whole lot of belief when we were kids, right? Like the, the second at the, towards the end when the dude shows up with his rifle, and <laughs> typically people would scream and scatter and like everyone's just watching this go down. <laughs> like, and I'm thinking yeah, they're, myself, all, they're all literally watching this man try to murder, murder someone in front of them. <laughs> they're all just watching it. That, that guy might go to jail if, if he yeah. successfully killed him because there's a lot of witnesses he should oh. go to jail because a lot of people saw him attempt to murder, attempt to murder yeah <laughs> like he literally walks right up to the guy like he he was gonna have no problem blowing his head off but in fairness in front of literally children. <laughs> in fairness these children had already attempted murder on the other men and to begin with because they were blowing property. stuff and they were shooting arrows at them they were shooting a property at the least yeah <laughs> a lot of people could have died in those explosions i but love good the, news I, they didn't I love there was so many things in there, like when the when the construction when that company was coming in and pushing people around, and that the little boy, uh, what was his name? Um, oh, Moose. Mustafa. Moose, yes, comes over. He's like biting him on it, and the guy pick he's picking up a child and then just and flinging him, him. <laughs> just flinging yeah. him. Well, I will say though, in fairness, there's a ton of movies mm-hmm. that you have to suspend belief in. Oh I mean, yeah, there's a oh ton yeah, of them. easily, easily. But that was that. I mean, aside from those th- these parts of this kinds of movie. Uh, you know, it is, it's a straightforward plot, but I think the idea is, is immediately from the beginning, we see that this is going to be this kind of movie. Like it's not to be taken seriously in terms of like, Oh, he just shot at him. Uh, somebody better call the cops, right? That's not going to happen in this kind of movie. This is a no, movie but the where- cops roll up at the very end as an <laughs> escort with the, the stand back, <laughs> you know, and the, just this dude with a sniper rifle and a scope just wandering <laughs> away, just like, yeah, he just gets in his car and leaves, right? Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Bad day at the yeah. office. Sorry. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to the actors and the acting. Immediately, we start with Jim Varney, Ernest P. Worrell. We already discussed the fact that this character is 
um, a big character by the time this film's coming on because like you said, Johnny, he did a whole lot of commercials. I saw a Good Morning America interview with him um, back in the day where, you know, they were asking him about that, his, his early career. And he was talking about how the idea was just to create an every, every man kind of a character. Um, but he was that kind of character, like that, the kind of character that everyone knew this guy, like he was the one that lived two houses down that had no problem coming over to you and telling you, well, you know, you're using the wrong, you know, socket wrench there. You should be using this one yeah. instead of it. Like he's that kind of guy. Hey, you know yeah, what I mean? Ernest. Yeah. Ernest P. Worrell was breaking the fourth wall before Deadpool was in diapers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, or that's inv- legit. Invented. Exactly. That's legit though. Like he was constantly looking at the camera and the idea was the camera was Vern, this, this, yeah. this neighbor mm-hmm. Vern in all of these commercials. And it didn't matter what they were promoting. He was always going to tell his, his, his buddy Vern about, you know, this diaper or, you know, these, these gutter cleaners or whatever it was. Um, and he got big, he got big with all of these little commercials. And the thing I saw was before he actually got these bigger name commercials, this was all, it was always about doing um, small businesses. Like they didn't yeah, want was, the big commercials yet. They wanted to really, really focus on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is really cool. He kind of, it was like a grassroots growth uh, of, of this character, right? Like this character evolves um, and he does, he evolves through the different films. You start to see him, you know, I, but I think what we do see in all of these and the thing about Ernest is like, because he's that every man, the goofiness just, it, it, it endears you. It is the, the kind of falling over the smashing his fingers, smashing his face. <laughs> about when the kid smacks him in the face with the with the tray oh my goodness <laughs> and he yeah. gets the frying pan or the iron skillet and yeah dude this is and so that's the thing when you know what you're getting into with these movies then it's 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 uh for me it was entertaining and especially to watch jim varney because for me genius genius he was also jim carrey before jim carrey yeah yeah that's i'm really glad you said that you know physical comedy is something that really doesn't happen very much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, he, to me, uh, was one of the top ones ever. I mean, just even with just his facial expressions, yeah, and, and just how he was able to act. His physical comedy was top notch, for sure. Yeah, for I, sure. I would agree. I think he did a really good job. The rubber facing, and you know, just some of the stuff that he does, like where he moves his jaw from side to side when he goes, yeah. That's not good for your jaw, by the way. But then again, so is. Pop and locking is not good for your body, but it still looks cool. <laughs> um, this was, I remember as I was watching this, you know, we watch a lot of movies that bring me back to my childhood and this is one of them. Um, and I remember like, as soon as he was doing that, ee, I was like, Oh, I forgot about that. And then like his goofy laugh that mm-hmm. <laughs> it always reminded me of the way Jim, uh, Dana Carvey used to do George Bush impression. Yeah. That, that uh-huh. laugh that, yeah. <laughs> Um, who else is in this film? Who's, who, who's, a, who's a standout? I mean, cause we have like eighties actors. There's a lot of different eighties mm-hmm. actors in this film. Um, but I don't think that we have anything by that's big name, unless oh, you're looking do. at iron eyes, Cody, uh, John Vernon was Dean, uh, Wormer in animal house. Oh, the you're mayor, right. The yeah. mayor of dirty Harry and Fletcher in, in outlaw Josie Wales. Well, we also, this is also the movie that's trying to establish, the earnest movies that would go on from this one. So you had uh, the debut of at least one character who will be in almost every earnest movie. Oh, well, that was... G- Gaylord, Gaylord. How do you say his name? Gaylord, Gaylord. Well, he was the, he was the, the, the cook, the head yeah. 
the head mm-hmm. cook. And by the way, I don't know how any of those kids ate anything at that place. <laughs> uh, like they should have just died of starvation from Exeronius. Exor- <laughs> oh, it's such a goofy name too, no. but it's so funny. It was so hilarious. But, and, his, uh, and his that big old contraption that they had to were throwing yeah. all the food in. Well, and, it, and he was a really good he was a really good uh, mm-hmm. physical comedian as well. Oh, his eyes were great. Yes. But um you know, Bobby, who we'll see in another movie, yeah. uh, uh, is, the, is the one I always think of as his sidekick. But that wasn't his sidekick in this one. It was another mm-hmm. guy who I don't think comes back in other movies. Um, the guy who plays the lawyer in this one does mm-hmm. come back in other Ernest movies. And I've seen him in other stuff, too. Oh, really? Was he ever in Law and Order? Probably. I don't assume so. <laughs> do, 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 they do. also did a lot of Rube Goldberg machines, like the the yeah. chefs in this one did did that and you know in future movies there are other way over engineered um contraptions yes very much so yeah um but how do you guys feel the kids were because you know kid actors are very hit or miss in mm-hmm. any movie yeah they were um i mean they were so tough that they cut the sleeves off of their shirts i oh, love yeah. yeah i think so that that is funny that and, we, you bring and, this up. and some of them didn't even have a full shirt uh, or full shorts <laughs> or, or at all they went swimming in cut off jean shorts yeah. oh god who does that <laughs> and the one kid wore a blazer a lot um the acting though i think they did a pretty good job these little kids were decent and it wasn't because you're right it's hit or miss with kids and a lot of times you'll see some kids they're acting they're just kind of it feels unnatural. All these kids felt like natural, like they were acting like kids and especially kids in the late eighties. You know what I mean? It felt like them, especially when they thought they were too cool, right? Like all the stuff that they were wearing and trying to act like and do is like, I mean, we're adults. So we see that we roll our eyes like, Oh geez, these kids are morons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, what was the deal that everybody had a, uh, you know, the uniform and they didn't give these kids any, even though they knew they were getting these kids. Yes, <laughs> they had the to wear their <laughs> their clothes the entire time. They had to stand out. Yeah, and you yeah. could argue honestly that literally every kid at that camp was a jerk. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. <laughs> Basically, pretty much, and that's the thing. You were supposed to like they were supposed to be these these little um, riffraff that you kind of felt bad for. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They made they just were all jerks. You just didn't, I didn't feel yeah. bad for any of those kids at all. The only I one mean, I even came close to feeling bad for was Moose. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of them, I thought, were just a bunch of jerks. I mean, they had to be convinced, you know, to uh, that Ernest was actually the only one who cared about them. Like they, like you should know that. I mean, he's obviously went above and beyond for you kids. Um, let me see, Jacob Vargas. He was the little, uh, the little Mexican kid that that was the too tough kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, when I'm looking at a picture of him now, um, he looks he looks familiar to me. Like I've seen him somewhere before. I just can't think of where. I'm looking at his 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 uh, movies and TV stuff, but maybe as a character actor. I don't know. Um, uh, let's he was talk- in Romeo and Michelle. Apparently, that gets a lot of play in certain households. <laughs> nice. Next uh, Friday, that could be where. Mm, could have been that. He was yeah, also he- in uh, Luke Cage, Marvel's Luke Cage, as a character on that show. Was he? Yeah. Um, let's let's address this one, dude. Let's talk about. Uh, Iron Eyes Cody. So when I saw this guy, the, oh, the old oh, Indian You know chief. who this guy is, Chris. I'm okay, sorry. Who, who? So he played Domingo, the guy that was in charge of the boxing gym. He ran the... the yes. The, and yes. You know, he would eat the wrappers and throw them on the floor. Yes. And he was also in a show that we were watching not long ago. Oh, he was in... Um, I think I told you about this, that show Colony that was on USA with uh, uh, 
the guy that played Sawyer from Lost. Yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, where basically it's like after aliens have already invaded and taken oh, over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did tell me about that. He was in that for like the first couple episodes. But he's in a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, it's that guy. There he is. And then he's exactly. gone after a couple episodes. Exactly. Um, but let's go. Let's go into Iron Eyes Cody. Mm-hmm. I- Iron Eyes. Was that his name? Iron Eyes? Yes. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle Cody. Uh, Iron Eyes. Yeah. Uh, so, by the way, not his real name. No, not at all. He played the Chief St. Cloud, the old Chief St. Cloud. Um, and I remember as I'm watching this again as an adult now going, hey, that's the dude from the commercial. And so I go <laughs> in to look it up, right? I, I pull up the Wikipedia. I'm like, that is the guy from the commercial. The, the very famous, like, I think it was like late 70s, early 80s uh, commercial in which there was a, uh, you know, somebody throws trash out of their window on the, on the freeway and the trash falls at his feet. And as the camera pans up, you see it's a Native American. Uh, and then it's that single tear just starts coming down the side of his eye. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, they didn't even get a real Native American. Because <laughs> I had just found this out this year. I was this year. This year was when I found out that he was actually American born, but of Sicilian descent. Um, he played Native Americans. However, he wasn't, yet he would act like it. In his real life, he would continue to act like he was Native American. He would wear a lot of the costumes that he, he, he got from movies and sets. Um, the dude was just a complete not at all. And he would tell people he was. He'd say, I was from this, you know, this tribe, or I'm from this tribe, or I'm from you know, whatever. You want to know where I learned this from? The Sopranos. Oh, oh. didn't the Simpsons parody it too? Did they? I, I learned it on The Sopranos because there was an episode of The Sopranos where they were trying to do something uh, and, and they were doing something with the Native Americans in the casinos and the deal wasn't going through and they were all pissed off and they decided, they were like, you know what, we're going to tell everybody about this, this guy. And the Native Americans were like, you can't do that. Like to them, he was like almost like a Jesus figure in their eyes. Like he was so well known and such a good representative of Native Americans that it was like, do, they paid. They pay the Italians off not to release that information <laughs> that he was Italian. Yeah, yeah. It, but we have a history of that, right? Uh, in yeah. film, oh uh, yeah. I mean, look at all the westerns where they did this. Like, oh, yeah. westerns have a deep history of that. Uh, you know, where you know, and we've been uh, referencing pro wrestling. That's another one that oh, has God, a history yeah. of that. Uh, so it's not the first time that this has happened. Sadly, mm-hmm. uh, but. But the, but just acting wise, I mean, the guy was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I think uh, again to use this, uh, he was not very earnest about his uh, heritage. Um, but yeah, he totally uh, he did not break kayfabe at all. No, never, not in his real life. He refused to admit that he wasn't Native American. Even like I think he went to he died without saying that he was, and and his, it was a stepsister or something that was just like, yeah, nah, he wasn't. He's not Native American. Yeah, talk. Uh, I think this is the biggest version of cultural appropriation that you could like that, that's that's the that's what we're talking about right here mm-hmm. that there's your example <laughs> oof um anything else any other standout actors on this i mean we had we had uh the daughter that played the nurse the daughter of the the chief that played the nurse um she was all right she was just that that kind of side character to be there it wasn't it wasn't much of a love interest not like some of his later films where Ernest has that love interest uh, this one wasn't at all. It was just this this woman that worked there. Um, yeah, she was basically just the go-between between the yeah. chief and 
and uh, everyone else except Ernest, because Ernest could talk to him as well. All righty. So uh, let's move on. Let's move on to soundtrack music score. Uh, 80s, straight 80s music. As I was watching the end and I watched the credits, I noticed that a large number of these songs were written by a, a couple. Were they a brother and sister or a, a, a husband and wife team? Alice and Shane Keister. I'm going to defer to the expert on this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking up lyrics. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm it's a, you don't know them. There was a lot of songs on here, right? But they were all written by this, this duo with other people performing them. I think the only song that I knew for sure in this film was the rendition of uh, the turtle song, Happy Together. When, the t- when, the, when those little turtles all start coming, yeah. dropping down <laughs> yes. from the sky. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. Like, I, other than yeah, that, the these, are all, yeah, these are all original songs for this film. But they sound very 80s, right? I mean, you, oh, even yeah. got the mo- you get the montage, too, with the, with the song for that. Um, but I think a lot of people, when they think of soundtrack, they just think of the scene where Ernest goes out <laughs> singing. Which, if you think about it, it's just these, these movies don't really have like a set set of rules right uh, i mean he's he breaks the fourth wall every once in a while not the entire time just sometimes uh you know other times he doesn't uh you know uh, and then all of a sudden and this is the only time in this whole movie this happens he breaks out in the song <laughs> <laughs> when he's super sad and, and it's raining outside yeah. um he's singing to his yeah he's singing to his turtle and it is i remember when it, when he started singing i just thought to myself whoa why don't i remember this i totally didn't remember him breaking out into song does he do that? I don't think he does this in any other films, does he? Christmas? I, Is the Christmas one have a singing one? I, I don't believe so. And I've seen that one a lot. I don't remember any singing in it. But. Yeah, this was, it was just, it, it seemed a little out of nowhere. But again, to me, it felt like it was about endearing you to this character yeah. so that you've really felt for him. You don't want him to be sad. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's and it's during a montage too where you know, it's the defeat where we're all defeated mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Uh, but I remember this. <laughs> very very well uh, you know uh this was uh this was the song that i would go to when i was feeling sad i mean i know some of you go to like you know you're just your sad music by professionals but i went to Ernest p world uh to get my feelings out when i was when i was a teenager <laughs> so when when you feel down you don't go to bobby mcferrin's don't worry be happy you go right. to Ernest p world the world is ending more or less Gee, i'm glad it's raining yeah, yeah that's uh <laughs> That speaks to the man that is Johnny Townsend. Johnny has that on loop with Kermit the Frogs. It ain't easy being green. Ironically, the third one is Give Me the Loot by Biggie Smalls. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows that until now. That was my deep, dark secret. Oh, uh, God. So, Chris, yeah. uh, to answer your question, uh, Alice and Shane Keister are mm-hmm. related, and that's all it says on the internet. <laughs> we'll never, ever know. But they were a pretty decent uh, songwriting duo because, which, as Johnny said, it sounded 80s. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. that this wasn't something from the 80s. I didn't realize it was something written specifically for the movie. Um, you guys have anything else to say about the music on this, on this film? Oh, yeah. Um, so just picture this. When the turtles are launched <laughs> and uh, the, um, the theme song of the whatever. The, da, 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 da. Yeah. Happy da, Together. Da, da, da. Yeah, Happy da, Together. Da, 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 da. Yes, uh, by the turtles. Wouldn't it be better if it played the 1987, 88, uh, intro to the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
There's no way they're getting those rights, though. No, let's, but it let's would be, be honest. <laughs> it it would be uh, someone on YouTube needs to do some sort yeah. of like creative licensing edit. Oh, we could do that easily. Who Just do we know? We'd have to get the instrumental version. Just have the music playing. Google, you'll find yes. it. Oh, yeah. the, the karaoke, the karaoke version yeah. of the Turtles <laughs> intro. <laughs> We're just like the MIDI files. We'll get the MIDI files of it. There you oh, go. Eight bit, yes. Yeah. From from there the first go. game. Yeah. Oh God. Um. All right. Let's move on to our next segment here. We're gonna go into special effects. Was there any at all? There, there's explosions. Right? There's explosions. There's yeah. turtles falling from the sky. All practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a lot. I mean, that's all this movie is, is practical effects. They were, yeah, they yeah. were special, and they were yeah. effects, <laughs> yeah. but they were not of the traditional special effects. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the turtles, uh, a lot of times when you saw them hanging off people, obviously those were fake turtles. They didn't mm-hmm. use real turtles to have them snap on people's ears and, and noses. Um, yeah, there was explosions, um, and I think that's pretty much But those yeah. lobsters were real. They killed a lot of lobsters for this movie. <laughs> Yeah, did you see a PETA thing at the end? No animals were harmed in the making of this movie? Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't look for it. Oh, I was just asking. That was a question, not really a, a statement. No, they harmed every animal they possibly could. <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of spaghetti noodles that were injured, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But no uh, eggs. No, 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 no eggs. Clay, modeling clay. That's disgusting, <laughs> by the way. He's like, it'll bind it. <laughs> you got to keep it together somehow. That oh, kid ate two pounds of modeling clay. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's basically we're moving on because i guess there's not much special effects the special mm-hmm. effects they had in terms of explosions i mean it looked decent it wasn't like you know this little and that's it um they, yeah this was more stunts right and then mm-hmm. special yeah, yeah. effects yeah, easily crash more pads. stunts yeah. yeah yeah definitely definitely more stunts you could look at it that way if you want to talk about special effects we could we could also look at the physical stuff um and Ernest did a lot of his own stunts yeah uh, I mean, he did overall, but you can definitely tell when they would s- switch him around and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, like the ladder, the you know, the ladder gag they did a couple of times. Obviously, he's yeah. he's not falling all the way to the ground from a ladder. No. <laughs> but <laughs> no. but um, they did show you just enough to give you that impression. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. All right, um, all right. We're going into just basically the overall parts of the movie that stand out to you. Your favorite favorite lines, quotes, scenes. Sean, <laughs> for you, man, what did you like about, like, what, what stood out for you in this movie? What did you enjoy, or, or what is it that will be memorable until the day you die? So if only I had had the foresight of just recording my face while this movie was playing <laughs> and the comments that were coming out of my mouth, uh, such as, why is that kid wearing a suit jacket or a blazer? <laughs> like, why does this kid have a boombox in, in effectively in, in juvenile in juvie? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why is Ernest driving a bus? Does he have a license, much less a class B or class A license? Uh, why do they leave the keys in the bus for that kid to drive off when, you know, it's first aid time? I mean, this camp is poorly run. Let's just say that first. Um, well, you saw how close, how, how they put the, uh, the lifeguard stand right on the very teetering on the except edge that the one leg was not on and that kid didn't know when he jumped up because you know i don't know physics would play a role in <laughs> in you know in him knowing that it wasn't there um 
I, I want to go on record here and say that I think every single kid that had a that had a uniform at that camp grew up to be Scott Disick. And if you don't know who that is, <laughs> you're a better person for that. You're, I think Chris is having a heart attack over there. These kids might have grown up to be oh like God. a normal person because they saw the bad side of the tracks and they, they corrected themselves. Oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, the whole – I think what we already said, the modeling clay, the eggs erroneous thing was, was – those guys were, I was like, what's wrong with these guys? Like, but then I remember this is a kid's show and, and I know something about kid shows, specifically Power Rangers because I'm a 37-year-old man, which. When, yeah. So so did that, as soon as you got in that kind of headspace, did it make it easier for you to watch p- parts of the film? No, no, <laughs> no, I, I, no, it, it did not. Uh, although I will still give it uh, a semi-favorable rating when we get to that part. Yeah. But it, it it was one of those things where it's like, all right, no offense to anybody else, present company included, uh, but this I'm wasn't... about to be offended. Yeah, you're about to be. Uh, but I have bought stuff from you, so you can't be... I'm a customer, so the customer's <laughs> always right. <laughs> uh, art, that's specifically from Johnny. Uh, and um, I would say that maybe if I was a little younger, this the first time seeing it, it would be a little more endearing to me. Mm-hmm. But some of the humor that was built into this one and it's a first attempt i get it but it wasn't my exactly my level of humor um but i could appreciate where they were going with it and so it wasn't it wasn't as funny as some people might find it yeah gotcha you townsend um (laughs) but i don't have that i don't have that nostalgic uh you know feeling to it so yeah but you know there were some things that caught me off guard i'm just like what that's kind of funny like the modeling <laughs> clay comments uh and the uh, the rube goldberg machine to make stuff yeah but then you know maybe one thing maybe we just went too far like with the uh which is what i hear a lot about my brand of humor um but you know it was just uh like like all right let's make some fettuccine and a guy named alfredo that was funny <laughs> and then like the guy just getting splattered in the face with nickelodeon ooze or whatever that stuff was gack or whatever yeah um maybe that was a little gross because I'm thinking to myself, that room is going to be really messy. <laughs> you can tell you're a parent. You're yeah, like, oh, that, like an adult. That yeah, room. I'm like, ah, no, that's gross. Johnny, how about you? What were some of your favorite scenes in this film? Uh, the one that really stood out to me besides the, the one where he's just singing for no reason <laughs> is, uh, there's a <laughs> breakout in the song when you're, when you're, when I'm sad the all the time crashing in. Yeah. And I look out windows when it's raining. Uh, but there's, <laughs> There's a scene where Ernest has to get a shot, right? He's got to get a shot. <laughs> There's so, like a couple of those. Yeah, but the first time he has to get a shot. And he's trying to be a tough guy, but it's obviously he doesn't want to get this shot. And he just starts screaming stuff. And then one of the lines he says is, I did it. I took the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> yeah. That is such a great line. <laughs> he does have some really quick one-liners that if yeah. you don't catch them, they go right past you. Like when he want, uh, he, the, the chef's like, hey, try this eggs erroneous. He's like, oh, no, I don't eat on an empty stomach. Like, <laughs> that, the second that, that I caught funny. that, I think I texted you immediately, Johnny. Yeah. I was like, this is yeah. just genius. His lines are so funny, dude. Yeah, Do and then the, they were written or, or were those ad-libbed? I don't know. I'd be interested to know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I know uh, Cherry, John, the director, mm-hmm. uh, I think he kind of runs a lot of the earnest stuff now. Um, so I'm sure we could probably find out, honestly. He seems mm-hmm. to be pretty much an open book when it comes to this stuff. Like they even have at the camp that they shot this at, 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure they didn't do it this year because of obvious reasons, but uh, they have get-togethers for this movie, uh, over this movie. They have earnest get-togethers at this camp still, where they shot this at. Uh, so, but the other thing that really stood out to me this time, upon watching it this time, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I tried my best to to not look at it from a place of nostalgia because yeah. I just really wanted to not. It, it's very tough for me. Mm-hmm. The last part of this movie where these kids are fighting for their camp there are so many instances of attempted murder mm-hmm. <laughs> left and right, but they're, they're the bad kids, but so it's, it's okay. attempted murder all the time. Like constant, uh, even we already discussed where the guy's trying to shoot at Ernest. The guy's freaking lawyer is right beside him when he's doing this. Well, he, he gave him advice. Maybe he quit in the car ride over. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I'm no longer your lawyer. I, can, I, I advise you against this and, yeah, what lawyer, if when your client says, I'm going to go take care of this and has a gun, jumps in the car with the client? <laughs> yeah, I, I think deniability goes a long way there. Yeah, you're not supposed to know these things, sir. I mean, I allegedly. Know. Isn't that yeah. lawyer speak? <laughs> yeah, it's all alleged. And I was not there, allegedly. So <laughs> lawyers do not have a good track record in earnest movies. I mm-hmm. won't say that much. Uh, you know, there's a lot that this, a lot of scenes, like I remember the turtles parachuting down. That's one of the big things for me. Uh, just how you know, I remember loving this. I understand what you're saying about the humor. It's definitely an acquired taste. A lot of people would think it's very low bar. Hundred percent mm-hmm. understand it. I get it. Uh, but your boy right here is a comedic genius, <laughs> and uh, low bar comedy is uh, where it's. If you listen to any podcast I'm on, <laughs> you know for a, yeah, you know for a fact that I'm I'm going to make as many fart jokes as possible. So, uh, however, I will say that I am the. Uh, I'm fighting that fight for Bobby Capo to give you the uh, Into Oblivion files because I need that to come back. Re-release it. He keeps saying he's going to. So you well, talk he, to he can keep talking and start <laughs> producing results, Bobby Cap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's a lot that stands out with this movie. Uh, I will say, though, in the pantheon of Ernest movies, this is not my favorite Ernest movie. Yeah. Hot take. I knew hey, Mine too, take. by the way. it is a good attempt though right it is a good attempt for its first i think everything you guys have said a lot of it was part of what stuck out to me um yeah there's nothing else much to add it's all it's all there so let's go into our rating this one uh ernest goes to camp we're rating this out of five runaway golf carts um johnny we're gonna let you give us your rating on this and your overall review of the film first all right, so it's it's obvious that I love Ernest. Mm-hmm. I truly do. Uh, one of my favorite characters ever growing up as a kid. I would watch Ernest all the time. I even watched his movies that were not put in a theater. Um, there's four the- theatrical Ernest movies, and then there's quite a few that were direct-to-video, and I've seen them all. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not own them all <laughs> currently. <laughs> uh, so I love Ernest. I'm a giant Jim Varney fan. Uh I mean, I was the one who was stoked when I found out he was doing a voice in Toy Story. So uh, that made me even more pumped for that movie. Uh, but Jim Varney and Ernest, uh, it's really hard for me to separate my nostalgia from that character. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do so with my score. <laughs> uh, but how I'm going to score is how I feel just setting this movie up against other Ernest movies. Okay. Uh, that's how I'm going to do it. Uh I do not think this is the best Ernest movie. I'm going to give this, this is out of five, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this uh, a three 
a three. I think a three out of five is fair. To me, it's slightly above average for an earnest movie. Um, but it's definitely a, a, a taste thing. Like you, if, once you watch the first five minutes, you'll know if you like this movie or not. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Sean, what do you got? Well, um, I'm going to echo a lot of what Johnny said, um, minus the nostalgia part, because I think it's been well documented by now that this is the first earnest movie I've seen. And that's the earnest truth. So, but it won't be the last. No. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, the movie it had, you know, it was silly. It was goofy. Uh, it did have a large supporting cast of Scott Disick's <laughs> and, a uh, you know a smaller cast of kids from the wrong side of the track. It's like Stand by Me meets the G-rated version of um, what's that movie that I mean? Oh, Wet Hot American Summer. Mm. You know, basically no sex, all silly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe um, uh, a less lethal version of Fra- um, Jason Part One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Seven, and Nine. Um, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it was silly. It was goofy. I mean, Jim Varney obviously commanded the screen because he was very, he, very versatile, um, you know, in, in, his, in his facial expressions, his mannerisms, the way he walks, the stuff he does, a lot of physical humor and comedy, lots of pratfalls, which depending on the type of pratfall it is, if it's the Hulk falling from the ship onto the, the you know, the Bifrost Bridge in uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, that was silly because it was CG. But mm-hmm. someone falling off of a like a, an extension ladder is like, ooh, that would hurt because I know how much that would hurt because mm-hmm. I own a ladder just like that at home, uh, which is where I'm at, coincidentally. What a, what a brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it on sale too. Super brag. The one from the film. That's what he's talking about. He's got yeah. that ladder. Oh, wow. Movie used prop. <laughs> Still had the rope. Um, yeah, they didn't even have to cut it because it was you know already cut. But, you know, like the, the first aid thing and, and again, the, the leaps of logic, like who leaves a bus just sitting there with keys in it for, you know, reckless youth to come and drive it away? Um, you know, and some of those kids, I mean, who dresses them? <laughs> but, you know, that's just my psychosis. Um, but, you know, it, it, was fu- it was serviceable. It was funny. It was silly. Uh, it was more serviceable than Josh Jumel's military performance in last month last week's transformers movie uh i'll just say that part uh so um i'm actually gonna here here's a surprising one uh it is not my favorite movie not a hot take uh however i am going to uh begin hot take in three two one Uh, i'm gonna give this a three out of five no different than johnny but for a few different reasons awesome um yeah for me it is it is a nostalgia thing this was one that i go back to and i haven't seen it in a long time so watching this as an adult now i just had that you know and i've said this to you before sean watching these movies there's a lot of times where we pick a movie that i haven't seen in a long time and ever since we did never ending story now i'm a little nervous because it's like i always had these hold these films with such reverence such remembrance and then when i see them and I, i look at them with a more uh you know um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a Analytical more, viewpoint? Yes, yeah, right. I'm looking at it and thinking, what is going on? And, and, and it can really affect how I see that movie moving forward. Um, I can't watch Never Ending Story anymore. Uh, 
But this film, I had that kind of feeling too. I was like, oh, please, I don't want to ruin Ernest for me. But I think it's because of the type of film it is. And knowing what I was getting into, you know, it, it just brought me back. I did enjoy it. Um, yes, there were a lot more times now as an adult, I'm looking at this going, hang on a second, <laughs> hang on a second. The dude's got a gun. No one's, no one's calling cops. No one's even running. They're all just staring there. They're all just standing there, staring there, watching this happen. Like they're going to watch him murder another person. If this Mm -hmm. was, if this was 2020, the only thing that they'd need now are cell phones, right? The cell phones would be up. But other than that, it was like, what the heck's happening here? Um, Like you said, leaving the bus for the kids to drive, (laughs) drive off in even the very end, that idea that these, these children, six children, six children and one adult, right? that you know kind of souped up their own like golf carts and stuff they cut the bus down by the way we didn't even mention that they cut the bus they fundamentally changed they fundamentally fundamentally changed how that bus looked yeah yeah they was no longer a bus they destroyed lots of property also um no problem but they're going against adults right and and the idea was uh they were able to fight them off with lemons so watching this as an adult was like, I, you have to suspend that kind of belief. You have to go for, along for the ride if you already know what you're in for. Uh, to make it easier was Ernest. You know, I, I know this character, and I, it, it felt nice coming back to this character and seeing his silliness and the physical comedy, which we don't see much of anymore. Um, you know, and I said he was like Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey because he did. he always did these like facial you know, contortions and came up with voices and characters. Um, later on, he would start dressing up as other characters as well. But in this one, he's just straight up earnest. Um, and then the chef, the guy who plays the chef, he shows up a lot in the other films as well, as Johnny mentioned earlier. Uh, always a huge fan of that guy. I remember when I was a little kid, the first time I ever saw his little eyes do that thing, I was like, I got to learn how to do that. And yeah. I did. So I can actually do that as well. It always freaks my wife out when I do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, love the film. Um, watching this again, you're right for me. Cause I have, you know, I saw a couple other Ernest films. It, it, this isn't the, the strongest of them, uh, though it's a very kind of simple entry into the world of Ernest. Like this is, if you're going to watch a film to start watching Ernest and try to teach someone, this is what you're getting into. This would be the one because it's, it's, it's kind of like a soft entry. You don't get too much of, of, you know, some of the other stuff that comes along with the other movies. Um, so for me, you know, I have to echo what you guys say. Um, I'm going a little higher, though. I'm going 3.25 uh, runaway golf carts out of five on Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing here where these movies, the reason these movies can kind of stand the test of time per se is that they do not take themselves seriously whatsoever. Not at all. That's yeah. an understatement, I, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying if they took themselves seriously, these would be very tough Oh you know, God! Yeah, they they would have been they would have been <laughs> flops. And this was this was the very first film, a uh, touchstone film by Ernest, you know, Ernest, the, the production company. Uh, and and then I, th- I think they do a, a few of the other ones later on as well. You said they do four main ones that were in theaters. Technically, these are Disney movies. They are now, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. Ernest goes to camp. Um, guys, I I believe Touchstone. Uh, Disney as a part of Touchstone, right? I think so. I couldn't tell you to be honest. Yeah, it was a dist- a distro label for Walt yeah. Disney. Yeah, uh, so, studios. I mean, that's how technically you know the Nightmare Before Christmas is a Disney movie. So it's there's a similar thing. So, 
but yeah, I've this is uh, retro bliss approved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but wait, time for the bliss quiz. <laughs> okay, um, so silence your phones. Yes, we do. We we enjoyed this film. Uh, Sean, are you putting this on the DVD shelf? Is this one to bring mm. out and show your grandkids? Mm. I would pirate this film, but I would not buy it. <laughs> but but there's a reason for that because you can't buy a normal costing DVD or or digital media of this film. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. Like it's oh yeah. Like it. I mean, it's been released what two three times, and it's uh, it's like sixty bucks for <laughs> for like a two pack of of you know some earnest movies. Wow. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's not man, I'm got, sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> you got in on the ground floor, young man. Now you probably pre-ordered them, didn't you? Now you're oh, like, I, I wish I never would have opened them. <laughs> no, he bought two copies for that reason. He knew. He was yeah, nice got a of pristine. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, next week, we're coming back with another Ernest episode. We've got Ernest Goes to Jail. Young man. Young man. Young man. Could you please open that gate? I left my car running outside. Ma'am, you tell me how you got to this gate? The visitor's area is on the other side of the prison. I brought him up as best I could, but sometimes a bad seed falls from even the most fragile flower. Ma'am, you're not going through this gate. Is this the way you treat your mother? Is this the kind of abuse that poor woman must endure? Well, I guess my mother is a little bit mad at Mm-hmm. You ought to be in the slammer with the rest of these misfits. If you had any remorse at all for the horror you put your own mother through, you'd open that gate. I have a car overheating as we speak. Um, Johnny, you're going to come back. Yes. We're going to do this all over again. I'm sorry. Um, but until then, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wind down the show. So uh, we have you on as a guest. You're our first guest. You're the first guest to join us wow. on Silence Your Phones. So... Go ahead and promote your stuff so people can find you on social medias and your other podcasts. And time's up. Time to go. <laughs> okay. I will see you. Uh, uh, I am very uh, smart. I have to get that out of the way. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I have nice hair. Um, see what else can I promote about myself? Uh, I uh, legs. My legs are fairly nice. I your legs are there. They're very, very there. I always wear shorts so you can see my legs. Uh, you know, even though I grew up a Mennonite, that's the one thing that they just, that's why I got kicked out. <laughs> uh, go to my Instagram, Johnnyism28. That's where I promote my artwork and such on there, please. Uh, and of course, I have other podcasts that are on this network, uh, including what I do with Chris called History Creeps. So we're talking about the weird, strange stuff in history. Uh, uh, Retro Blist is where me and Trevor talk about old school video games, and then Retro Pop, where me and Matt discuss pop culture. Sweet, sweet. Uh, before we're out of here, Sean, you want to say anything? Sean Fritz is still coronavirus free. Uh, he's not going to New Hampshire this month. Yay! Hooray! And uh, but he will be going to Pennsylvania at some point. No family stuff. You know the the the, the good things in life. Um, but yeah, check out Power Rangers in Cyberspace. We, uh, we talk about Power Rangers uh, on the internet, hence the cyberspace. And um, we know a lot of celebrities. Super brag. That's Super my brag. humble brag, Johnny. You know me. Guys, thanks yeah. so much for listening to another episode of Silence Your Phones. We'll see you guys next week. 
And now it is time to unsilence your phones.